Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 80 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about making your process easy for your clients. Creating a process that serves both you and your clients is the key to growing your business in a way that's sustainable and supports your big dreams. But if you've never put a formal process in place, it can be overwhelming to think about creating one. Here's the good news. If you've worked with clients in the past, you already have a lot of the tools you need to create a process that works for you and your clients. Let's dive into today's topic by talking about how you can create a process with clients in mind. When you start to get further along in your business, especially if you are narrowing in on a certain niche or a certain way of doing things, you're going to need a process for the whole thing. This makes it so much easier to take on clients, to know where your income is coming in, and to make sure that you're serving everybody that you are working with well. A process is what makes all of this run smoothly because it's not something that you're having to think about and reinvent every time. When I first started my business, I would start everything from scratch, from our initial phone call to writing a quote and then laying out exactly the steps we were going to take. I was doing all of that every time and it took so much of my time that I could have been doing actual work and it made me spend all of that on administration. And it was hard for my clients too because I was never very clear on what they could expect because I was always changing things as I went. Of course, in your business, things are going to change, but it's a much easier to have a process in place and then make small tweaks to it as you go. So how do you start creating a process that's really focused on your clients? The first thing you want to do is think about your past projects. And I really encourage you to get out some post-it notes and outline your process. So what does it look like from your client initially communicating with you all the way through the end of your project? Some of the areas you're going to want to look at are that initial communication and how you move them from inquiring or getting on your email list to actually booking you. Then you wanna look at onboarding. How do you get them into your system and get everything up and running so you're ready to work together? This could include setting up invoices and contracts and questionnaires, everything you need to have in place to be able to get the most out of your time together. Then you wanna outline what you guys are actually gonna do during your time. This is really helpful for you because it makes sure that you are covering everything that's included in the package And it's helpful for your clients because you can tell them, okay, this is exactly what you're going to get after our time working together. This is about how long it's going to take. These are the types of things you can expect. Then you want to figure out how are you going to get feedback from your clients? Is this something you're going to do along the way? Are you going to wait to the end of the project? For anybody who's a designer, we have to use feedback throughout our process in order to improve our designs and make final edits. So I created a process for getting that feedback from my clients in a way that's really easy for them. Then you need to figure out what offboarding is going to look like. So most of us have projects that wrap up at some point, and that really is the goal. Eventually, we're going to wrap up a project and send our client off to do something else. 
And so how are we going to make sure that they get all of the information that they need, that they feel really good about their time with us, and then send them off knowing that everything is complete on our end. You may also have some follow-ups that you need to do. So if you wanna check in to get a testimonial, like we've talked about in previous episodes, if you want to follow up about working with them on retainer or at certain points along the way, how are you going to manage all of that? As you're doing this outline, there are going to be some things that you can outsource or automate, like sending out a contract or making sure that your invoices send out reminders. But there are other things that you need to be hands-on with. So in my own process, I am really hands-on during the design. Nobody else can do that for me. But I can automate some of my initial communication with email templates and questionnaires that go out to every single client. So no matter what type of business you're in, as you're thinking about your process, really focus on what you need to keep yourself hands-on with and what you can outsource or automate because those things that you are doing one-on-one, while they may be time-consuming, those are the important touch points for your clients. I was recently talking with a photographer friend of mine and she was saying, that one of the things that they will not stop doing, even though it's time consuming and sometimes annoying, is she writes every response email to inquiries. She has a template, but she always really looks at customizing the first paragraph to relate to her potential brides and grooms. And I think this is a great idea because this is what gets her more bookings. She's really relating to these people. They know that they're not being sent just a templated email. And while it's something that she might have been able to automate and just send out a generic response, it was important to her that in her business, she start that hands-on approach to business from the very beginning. So those are some things you need to consider as you are figuring out how you get to the point of creating a process and what it is that you need to do to keep your clients at the top of mind as you're doing it so that they are really the ones that are going to benefit. Part of what it takes to run a successful online business is having the right tools for the job. I'm sharing a list of all of the tools I use in my business in my toolbox. And you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox to download it now. These include tools that I use for podcasting, designing, running my business, and other things. So you can get a real inside look at everything that I use every day in order to serve my clients well and grow my business. Again, you can find that at lemonandthesea.com slash my dash toolbox. The next thing that you need to do is think about the way that you work when you design your process. Now, I know this episode is talking about designing a process for your clients, but it also has to work for you in your life and your business. So here are some questions I really like to ask as I'm thinking about my process or helping others figure out what to do for their own. The biggest thing is to learn how you work best. So how do you prefer to communicate with clients? Do you wanna email them or would you rather jump on a phone call? Are you available for text messaging? Those are all questions you need to consider before you start working with somebody. Then how do you want clients to schedule time with you? I found that the easiest way to do this is with a scheduling software that has available times all days of the week so that people can pick something that's convenient for them. 
When I first started, I wasn't using something like this, and we would email back and forth a million times trying to find the time that worked, and sometimes they wouldn't get a reminder, so they would forget. This way, I have all of that set up for me. Next, how do you want to receive feedback? So if you are receiving feedback during the process, what's the best way for you to get that from your clients? Do you want to do it on a phone call or a video chat, or would you rather them send you an email with their comments? Think about when you work best. So are you the type of person who likes to cram everything in at the last minute? Do you work during the days or the evenings? What is it that you are looking for as you are designing the way that you want to work? And when do you get that work done? You also wanna think about how long you want your ideal project to be. Now, part of this goes back to your clients and making sure that they get what they need from you in the way that you're serving them, but how long is that going to take? When you look at the process that you want to go through, how much time do you need? For some people, they can get a website and a brand design done in just a matter of weeks. For me, I like to take my time because I know my clients have a lot of in-depth work to do. They're usually writing copy and finding images along the way. And so I have spread my process out over a longer period of time. And you also want to consider what your ideal project includes. So what types of things would you offer to your clients and what don't you want to include? For example, I stopped including logo design because it just was not something that was lighting me up anymore. I was spending more time being frustrated with that than I was really serving my clients. And again, both of those last two questions, how long and what it includes, are about me and how I work, but they're also about my clients. What can I do to best serve what my clients need that also fits with the way that I work? So how can you use what you know about your clients as you create your process? Think about what your clients need from you. If you've already conducted client interviews, you're gonna have some of this information. If not, you can look back at emails from past clients or people who have inquired with you. Get to know your dream client and how they work best and the types of support that they need from you. So if they just want you to give them a final product, that's one thing, but a lot of clients need support and answers to questions along the way. And your process should build that in so that you can serve them without them having to stress about whether or not they're going to hear from you. A lot of my friends who are photographers have questions that come up about engagement sessions. So what should I wear to an engagement session? When is it going to be? And as a part of their process, they've created guides that help their clients do this. So here is a guide to what you should wear for your engagement session. In their welcome guide, they include times for when that's going to be, how they can create a timeline for their wedding day, all sorts of things that are built in that serve their clients best because they know what their clients ask about, things that they might struggle with, places that get jammed up, and they want to preemptively serve them by giving them this information ahead of time and having it look really beautiful. So you know your clients, you know what they need, you've designed some of this to really reflect them and give them what they need from you. But there's one piece that I haven't mentioned yet, and that is that being flexible is so important. As you work on projects, you're going to notice that all of your clients have something come up. Sometimes it's something little and sometimes it's a lot longer of a delay. Whatever it is, you need to be flexible in your process so that you can make changes based on feedback as you work and after a project wraps up. The way that I do this is twofold. So 
if I'm getting feedback from a client as we're working together that they're confused about the way that things are working or they're not quite sure that I am really giving them exactly what they've paid for, then I'll get on a phone call or I'll record a video to walk them through exactly what I am doing behind the scenes and how I have served them already. Sometimes this comes up when I am working on website customizations and people are expecting me to offer them lots of suggestions on their website and go above and beyond kind of the scope of what we've agreed to. And what I have learned from that is to A, make sure that I'm sending out those suggestions whether or not they've specifically requested them because it can lead to more work for me and it makes them feel like they're working with an expert. But B, if they ask those sorts of questions, like I'm not sure why you are not giving me your designer suggestions, I will go back through and I'll write an email or record a video and say, you know, these are the suggestions that I've made and this is what my expertise really recommends as a path for you, but you have the option to choose to do things differently if you want to. Then, as the second part of this, after a project wraps up, I kind of make a note about all of those things that have come up that I might want to change for next projects. For example, for that same example, I made a note after a couple of clients emailed me saying, you know, I wish that you had given us more suggestions, even if it had cost more money. And I made a note in my project process to say, okay, at this point in the process, just write a list of suggestions that would take their website to the next level and let them know that it would cost more money and more time, but this is for, from my designer perspective. And that's a great way to serve my clients better and potentially earn more income for me from projects that I'd love to work on anyway. That's why being flexible is so important because there's always something that's going to come up. You're going to have a client who struggles with one thing or another and you want to be able to accommodate them because ultimately this is about serving your clients well. That doesn't mean that you let them walk all over you. So I have had instances in the past where a client will agree to a certain amount of things. We have a scope of the project, an outline at the time, whatever it is in my contract. And then they're asking for more and more and more stuff. And I do have to lay my foot down and say, you know, this is what we've agreed to. If you want more, I'm happy to do it when I have time in my schedule, but it is going to add to your overall cost. And most of my clients totally understand that and they're happy to pay it, but you have to make sure that you're putting those boundaries in place. A great way to do that is through those guides up front is to just make sure that they understand that these are the things we're going to be doing together. And if that changes, if we're doing more, then other things might have to change as well. So what are some ways that you can make your job easier as you design your process and help your clients? So I've mentioned a couple of these, but I wanna go through them in very specific examples. Number one is to create email templates for emails that you send frequently. This is especially helpful for quick emails that are checking in on your client or sharing information. Once you have a template created, you can personalize it as needed for each client, but you have the bulk of it already done. Just a note here, you do want to personalize that very first email after they've gotten in touch with you a little bit more so that people know that you are a real person behind the computer and not just some robot who's answering emails. Number two, create PDFs to explain complicated topics. If you have complicated parts of your process, which for me 
happens when I'm making a website go live, create a PDF with the information your clients will need. That way they have a document to reference when they have questions and you don't have to type everything out in an email each time. I mentioned that before with having an engagement outfit guide, you can do this for a lot of different pieces of your process. And I'm going to be talking about this specifically in my next solo episode about using guides and video in your clients' work. And number three is find tools that can consolidate your steps. Instead of using a different program for each part of your process, find a tool that can do multiple things, such as sending a contract, invoicing, and sharing files. It might take some time to set up at the beginning, but it will be much easier down the road when you can direct your client to one place to get everything they need. If you're wondering the type, what types of tools I use, check out episode number 76, where I talk about the top tools I use in my business. As we wrap up today and you're thinking about your process and how you can create one that really serves your clients, I want you to take three action steps. Number one is to write down all the steps you go through with a client and lay them out. You can do this on post-it notes and then lay them out on the floor or a wall, or you can write it all out on paper. Number two, see where you can automate or simplify the process and then implement one of those things. You don't have to try to do it all at once, but if you can look at your process and think about ways that you can make it easier for yourself, that's also going to make it easier for your clients. And then number three, create an email template that you can customize for onboarding a client. This might be the first email that they get, or it could be a welcome email after they've booked with you, just sending them more information and making sure they know you're excited to work together. If you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps other people to find the show and makes it easier for me to keep this going. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.